Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. It was a long time ago before cell phones were prevalent, and I was a female in my early 30s who had just driven our kids to the pediatrician. The Macon Guard doctor's office was an hour away from our home, and I was just taking the two youngest of my three, then ages one and three years old, to our scheduled appointment. Because we lived so far away, their office always gave us the last appointment of the day, and we were very grateful for it. The doctor had just built a new building off of a fresh spur of the highway, so the location was quite isolated in every direction, but a very nice facility compared to his old spot by the hospital there. His new building was also pretty far back on the new lot, and my car, a black Jeep Cherokee that we had owned for like two years, was one of only four or five cars in the parking lot when we got there. I parked near the front door, removed the kids from their car seats, and for the next hour or so we just waited, saw the doctor, we paid, and then we exited back outside. As I loaded the children in their car seats, the receptionist locked the glass doors, but when I tried to start the car, it just wouldn't turn over. Gathering the children again, I knocked on the door until someone followed us back in and asked to borrow the phone to call a nearby garage for service. I found one in the phone book, and the man said that he would come, but it might be a bit, so I told him my location left to go back out to the car, rolled down all the windows and loaded the children back into their seats as we just sat there and waited. Soon we watched as all the lights were turned down in the building again and everybody left, leaving us alone in the parking lot. As it was still light, I spent a lot of that time trying to tend to the children, digging through our car for snacks and a bottle, making sure that they weren't getting too hot, etc. 
Although the service station attendant said that it was probably going to be quite a while, I was pleasantly surprised when a truck pulled into the empty parking lot pretty soon and a man got out of his pickup, smiled and nodded to me and said that he was going to raise the hood. He was uh, middle-aged, uh, a bit scruffy, but quite frankly, many gas station attendants sometimes look that way, especially at the end of the day. And I was just grateful when he began doing something under the hood almost immediately. I sat down again in the driver's seat with the door open, waiting for him to tell me to try the engine, but he seemed to be taking a long time, checking the connections and whatnot, and I longed for him to just grab jumper cables, but... He just never did. Without getting out of the car, I asked him what he thought was wrong, and he said, Oh, uh, I think it's just loose wires, not the battery, and continued whatever he was doing. I couldn't really see his face at all from where I was sitting, but his hands were visible through that long horizontal slit between the windshield and the raised hood as we waited. More than once, he said that it was merely a loose wire, and if I would just come up really quick, he would show me which one it was, so it would never happen again. I remember kind of laughing it off, though, and saying that sadly there was no reason to show me anything, as I didn't know anything about cars. I just thanked him and continued to stay in the driver's seat, again just waiting for the inevitable sign to try and start the ignition that was most surely coming any moment. At one point, I remember distinctly thinking, too, that he was flirting with me, but I was trying above all to be polite and kind as he was helping us out. We were hot and tired and sort of miserable, and truthfully, most of my attention was on the children, and so I was very distracted as well. Oddly enough, he was starting to sound a little frustrated with me because I wouldn't come up and look at the engine. I remember thinking that I really didn't want to make him so mad that he would just leave us there all alone, with the sun sinking so quickly. And then, the strangest thing happened. Another truck suddenly pulled in that desolate parking lot, and as it did, this nice guy working underneath my hood suddenly slammed it shut, ran to his truck, started it, and drove away really quickly, without even saying a word of goodbye or anything. Needless to say, I was both confused and a little bit anxious when he did this because I didn't know who was now arriving. I even remember feeling a little bit frightened that he suddenly left me there alone with two little ones, defenseless. Why wouldn't he at least stay and speak to whoever was parking next to me now? It certainly seemed the suddenly gentleman thing to do at least. I looked around and was very aware once again that there was no visible cars on the road, no homes or businesses were nearby and the sun was continuing to set quickly. As this new pickup pulled up next to me, I got out of the car once again, apprehensively this time. Upon exiting though, he immediately introduced himself and his name and his voice seemed to match who I had spoken to on the phone much earlier. He then actually called me by name, apologized for being so late, and finally smiled and stared towards the road asking who that man was that had just left so suddenly. Relieved and unfazed, I just laughed and told him, Well, I don't know. I thought all this time that he was you. And we both just laughed as he then grabbed jumper cables, walked to the front of my car, raised the hood and started to hook up the battery terminals quickly. I immediately sat back in the driver's seat once more, suddenly grateful that, with luck, that air conditioner would be blowing full blast shortly and once again checking on the children. 
While listening for the familiar words try it, I had my back turned towards the children when he surprised me by suddenly walking to the driver's side door. And in the strangest voice he said, Um, ma'am, is this yours? And when I looked into his hands, he was holding a, a long, thin, dagger-like device that was about a foot and a half in length. It appeared to be very old and covered with reddish dust, yet one end of it had tiny small finger holes as if it was a mix of a long, thin sword and scissors combined. I remember being amazed, but not immediately frightened, and I asked where he found it. Uh, it was under the hood, he replied. I said, just matter-of-factly, that I'd never seen them before, but how weird was it that those things had somehow been stuck and undiscovered in my car for all those years? I remember thinking that it was rather funny, shaking my head and even smiling a bit. But he continued to stare at me, unbelievingly, and he looked oddly pale too, like he couldn't find the words to speak for a bit, just staring at this bizarrely long, thin, sword-like object still within his hands. Honestly though, I didn't care one bit about it. All I could think of was getting the car going, letting me pay him, and the cost obviously, and then just leaving. He didn't say anything else after that, just quickly set them on the curb, started his truck, and then signaled for me to start the jeep, and when it immediately caught, my three-year-old cheered. Grateful, I quickly turned on the air conditioner full blast, rolled up all the windows, aimed the air vents back towards the back seat, and reached for my purse to pay out. I stood up and took a few steps to meet him so I could hear the amount now owed, with both our vehicles running, he came back around to my driver's side and, instead of handing me the bill, irritated me a bit by walking right past me and picking up that weird object once more. Hey ma'am, he said, sort of slowly, I want you to look at this just one more time, and held them out for closer inspection. This time I moved a bit closer and I actually really looked at it, in his hands, even though he was a really big guy. The item appeared incredibly long and thin. It almost had a, a bayonet-looking quality, except for the strangely small two loops on one end. As he held it, he spoke quietly and slowly to me, trying desperately to make me understand something that apparently was still going over my head. Ma'am, these weren't hidden somewhere in the engine. They hadn't been there very long at all, in fact, because they were sitting right on top. They must have just been put there, in fact. I shook my head no and smiled, as I said. But they're obviously very old and rusty. To which, he pointed more closely and replied, Yeah, but see how sharp they are? These look like they've just been sharpened, in fact. And when I looked down, he was right. I don't know why I hadn't noticed it before. The length was certainly long and dagger-like, but... The sharpness was undeniably the most frightening quality. As I paid him, his final words to me were, Ma'am, I don't know what was about to happen here, but I'm sure glad that I pulled up when I did. He quietly thanked me when taking the payment, told me that I needed to call the police whenever I got home safely, and then asked me where I wanted the item. I didn't want to touch it, so I released the back window and he placed it inside. 
We both then left the lot together, him turning one way, me turning the other towards the small highway that would lead home, still an hour away. I did indeed contact the police the moment that we arrived home and I got the children inside safely. But although they listened politely, they declined when I offered to bring the scissor-like thing to them. The officer that I spoke to said that they sounded as if they were specialized surgical shears from my description and measurements on the phone, which I must admit that I found quite disturbing, as you can imagine. I had actually tried to be really careful not to touch any of the surfaces, hoping that they might be able to do fingerprints or test the surface for blood or something, but they just really didn't seem interested. The officer simply told me that it sounded as if I was very lucky and that I might want to keep the shears for a few days, just in case someone from his office got back with me later. But that was pretty much it. I wrapped them carefully in newspaper, and then I placed them in the brick storage unit behind our house, and they remained there for several more years, untouched, until we finally moved away and threw them in the trash. But here's the creepy part. So around that time, if you were to look through the newspapers... Women were going missing in Georgia, some never to be found as well. And of course, all these years later, it's still happening. I have often wondered too what would have happened if the service station attendant didn't arrive when he did. If my children would still have a mother, if I would still have my son and my daughter, if I would have missed all these years with them. I guess that I may never know, but I did learn something about myself that day. I always felt that I was pretty aware of my surroundings, pretty good at reading circumstances and staying safe. But because I was exhausted and tired and hot and stranded in a different city, my common sense and my intelligence just simply left me for a bit and just wasn't working at the time. And many of my friends and my family still think that it could have cost us our lives that day. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So, I don't really want to give too much away about myself, but back in 06, let's just say that I was training with a special ops unit. At this time, I was completely mentally sound, extremely physically fit, and probably more adept in the wilderness than most of the experienced hikers detailed in these cases, not to mention armed to the teeth. Just a week before my final exam, we were running a drill of which I cannot tell you the specifics, but my duty was to stand at the perimeter on the backside of the assault in case the opposition tried to circle behind us. It was like the third time that we'd run this drill, and I knew that I was in hurry-up-and-wait mode today. Bored out of my mind, I started scanning the tree lines. I noticed what I can only call a path as well. It wasn't a path in the traditional sense, but the trees on either side of it formed a straight line. And one of the things they taught us when learning to survive from an elevated vantage point was nature doesn't build in straight lines. To this day, I just cannot explain what came over me, but I laid my gun down and I just started walking. Walking turned to a jog, jog turned to a sprint. I can remember thinking that I really wanted to know where this thing led, and how many people before me had run down a straight path like this in nature. During PT, I survived long distance runs on tracks by looking down at my feet, so out of habit I think, I looked down at my feet and I just sort of snapped out of it. I immediately thought, you know, what the heck am I doing, and I turned around and hightailed it back to my post. The path was less straight than I remembered and much further back to my post. I had no loss of time, I saw no scary woman beckoning me into the woods or anything and I felt no sense of great dread or something like that that I've heard before but I returned to my post and the drill concluded. All of the drills were monitored with cameras at each of our positions so I actually had to answer for my actions. Honestly too, I I thought that I was done for. They questioned me and I told them straight up that I just didn't know what came over me. Just a a massive urge to follow that path and keep going. My superior simply told me to resist that urge should I ever feel it again and that sent me on my way. I graduated a week later and I never really thought anything of it. Now, here's the real kicker though. There was a troubled teen school nearby... We used to run into them all the time and they'd come out and watch our final physical test. I'd heard rumors from people though that it shut down in 2010 because a kid apparently went missing. They covered it up and filed bankruptcy after telling the kid's family that he committed suicide but they couldn't produce a body. And his last known location was my exact post during that day that I temporarily lost my senses. I had never heard of shadow people before and I had no idea what to call what I saw but one day I had the idea to type shadow hat man into a search engine and what I saw just shook me to my very core. I then read about countless encounters with the entity but none were like mine. All were it was night and I saw it in the hall or It was night and blah blah blah, but not me. What I saw happened in broad daylight and only a couple of feet in front of me. Here I am 17 years later and it still gives me the creeps.
So like I said, I was 12 or 13. It was a Saturday morning and not a school day, so I slept in until 9.30.10. I woke up and had my breakfast with my mum and my dad. They got into a huge fight. Then they went into their bedroom on the other side of the house to argue. I watched some cartoons and then around 11am I think, I decided to go and brush my teeth. Now, when you walk into my bathroom, the sink is about two feet in, right in front of the doorway. So I enter and I start brushing. There's also a big mirror, but I didn't initially see anything behind me in it. Then I finish brushing my teeth and I just get this sudden sinking feeling that somebody is standing behind me. But I knew that my parents were still arguing in their room and still saw nothing in the mirror. But I remember the fear I felt turning around. And then, there it was, standing right outside the doorway, broad daylight, about two or three feet in front of me. And man, it was tall. It would have had to have crouched to enter the bathroom, in fact. It was completely dark and shadowy, except it had these horrifying sort of glowing red eyes. It stood there for a good second, just staring at me. I opened my mouth to scream, but no sound came out. I still have nightmares to this day of something bad happening and trying to scream, but no sound coming out. And then, it reached out its hand towards me, fingers pointing outward. Long, skinny, and dark fingers. And you know, now that I think about it, it kind of reminds me of a Dementor from Harry Potter. Then, with its outstretched hand, it took a step towards me. Frozen in fear... I remember thinking, this is it, I think my life is about to be over. Then after taking another step towards me with its outstretched hand, it just vanished, gone, right before my eyes. I immediately took that chance and ran and told my parents. They obviously didn't believe me and probably still don't to this day. My mum shrugged it off and my dad just laughed at me, which didn't surprise me. He'd be the dad in the horror movie going, nothing is wrong with this house, as pots and pans float midair around him in the kitchen and all crazy stuff happens. But after this, as long as I've lived in that house, I've always closed the door every time that I've entered that bathroom from then on, and I always slept with the light on for years too. Anyway, I heard a, another story about a shadow person here some other time, and it inspired me to tell my own. To this day, I still wonder what the heck happened and what it wanted, but I guess that I'll probably never know. Years ago, when I was 11, I was staying home alone with only my little brother who was 7. At that time, it was about 9pm, dark and pouring rain, and we were reading in our room right next to the front door with a big window and open blinds. That's when I hear the front doorbell ring followed by knocking. I thought my parents had arrived. Strange though that they didn't use the garage or the keys like they always do. I looked outside to see their car but nothing but rain. As I approach the door I hear a man's voice that was definitely not my father's yell through the torrent. Hey would you guys like some cookies? We're selling Girl Scout cookies. I'm shocked at this considering the weather and the time of day. Saying nothing, I check the peephole and peer through the side window, only to see that 
it was definitely not my father with his girl as I expected. My heart dropped because standing there was just a, a fully grown man, maybe in his late 50s, a no box of cookies inside, soaking on my doorstep. I can remember the gut-wrenching feeling of having to check the locks while he was right on the other side. For sure he heard this too. The two locks were the only thing separating myself and brother from a potential monster. But he continued to knock and mention his cookies as I considered whether or not I should call the cops. That's when I remember too that the blinds, they were open in my room where my brother was with the light on. As I turn the corner into the doorway, I see the man carefully peering into our window, possibly eyeing my brother, distracted in his book. My heart was pounding now as I began to panic, and in a move that took all of my willpower, I quickly turned off the lights and ran over to the window to close the blinds in full view of the man. As fast as I could, I double-checked all the locks in the house, closed all the blinds, and told my brother to go and hang out in one of the big closets in the interior of the house. No windows. I didn't tell him what was going on so he wouldn't be frightened, and for some reason I never did call the cops or my parents. I just waited in the hallway until, finally, he must have left. Still thinking about it gives me the shivers that so many things could have gone wrong that night. My worst fear since then is a stranger getting to the unlocked door before I do. So I was driving home late one night. There were virtually no cars on the road. Eventually though, I noticed a cop car had zoomed up close behind me as if to pull me over. Only something was off. I couldn't tell how long it had actually been behind me because was no siren and none of the lights were on and not the little police laptop not even the headlights even in any event realizing a cop was riding my tail i pulled over i was an 18 or 19 year old black kid who had just moved from the inner city so my instinct was to comply but looking back i i just definitely should have kept driving anyway sure enough the patrol car pulled over behind me but whoever was in the patrol car didn't get out, didn't turn on the lights or the siren either. The only illumination was a few of those sickly yellow halogen street lamps a block or so away, and with no passing cars, I couldn't actually see into the patrol car, so all I could see was a hardly discernible silhouette in the driver's seat. I sat there for a while. I don't really remember how long, but it had to have been around five minutes. Near total silence... I remember just being puzzled at first too. I think I even said, what the heck, under my breath a few times, but I just sat there staring into the dark patrol car through my rear view. And then my brain began to turn over. There was just a, a creepy feeling that I was in danger all of a sudden, and it clicked that I was either being pranked or I was about to be subject to something much worse. Finally, I calmly started my engine and pulled away. And the patrol car... It didn't follow. A year ago, I experienced something that still frightens me. But let me start at the beginning from a few years ago. At this time, I was a normal 15-year-old girl that lived with my family in a big old house in Switzerland. 
At this time, I started dating a girl there that lives in the same street like me, and soon we started to spend more and more time in my house together, until she moved finally about a year later. So my parents lived in the ground floor, me and my girlfriend and my sister lived in the middle floor, and the upper floor was empty. I never really felt uncomfortable in my house or anything, but after she moved in, that's when things started to change slowly. My girlfriend was a little bit paranoid, but I could understand that. Even after our house was renovated, it was still an old house made of wood, and old houses make some weird noises, right? You hear the wind howling through the attic, you hear the rain draining through the gutter, or you hear some crackling noises from the wooden beam starting to stretch when it gets warm, and she just didn't know noises like that because she lived in a very modern and quiet apartment. But sometimes she would shake me awake in the night because she heard footsteps or other noises, most times from the floor above us with the empty guest rooms. I would always calm her down with, well, that's just the house or the wooden beams crackling or our cats walking around or playing with each other. But that wasn't the only thing. You see, even after years, she was just always scared of being alone at home like a little kid. I guess I could sort of understand that too. It's scary being alone in a big old house when you lived in a modern apartment. But years went by and I must admit that I started to get a little bit paranoid too. I mean, it's really weird to be home alone or to go to the upper floor alone when somebody says that the whole time there's somebody or something up there and I also started to hear sounds too. Not in the same direct way, but... I think I got paranoid, like, was that really a cat or just the wind in the attic? So I started to get slowly uncomfortable in my own house. To be fair though, I didn't think too much about it. Until one evening that honestly changed everything. So it was a really nice summer evening last year. My older brother and his wife organized a barbecue for the family on this evening. My parents decided to spend the night there with my brother, but we wanted to go back to our house, so we did. I drive home with my girlfriend, my sister and her boyfriend. It was really late, like 3am or something when we arrived. I drive in the forecourt of our house and my sister says something like, there's a light on in the upper floor. I say, maybe we forgot to turn the light off on our floor or something, but my girlfriend says that no, it's definitely the upper floor. We get out of the car and we look at our house and, indeed, we see the light on in the upper floor. The problem is that the light switch for the upper floor is in the upper floor, so none of us were up there and we can't turn on the light by accident or anything. I want to go in and I want to walk to the door, but my girlfriend quickly takes my hand and pulls me back really roughly. She lifted her other arm up and points to the big window in the upper floor. And we were so scared that we couldn't move when we saw somebody standing in the window. He or she or, or whatever it was slowly walks to the window and looks directly to us. After a few seconds of just looking at this person with absolute fear all throughout my body, the light just goes out. Well, we jumped into the car in panic and drove away as fast as we could. All of us saw the exact same thing. Somebody or something was definitely standing in the upper floor and looking directly at us. And the only time that we went back to that house after this, 
was to get our stuff out of there to go and visit my parents. We never did go up to that floor again or spend the night there again after that. And for that, I am very grateful. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Last night it was around 11.30pm and everyone in my house had gone to sleep already. Right now it's just me, my mum and my brother living in our house because my dad still has to go to work and he doesn't really want to risk exposing us to COVID-19. So he sleeps in our second home which is a few minutes away. I'm a 21 year old girl and I'm home from college so I'm staying in my childhood bedroom on the second floor. My window is directly above the part of my backyard where my dad keeps trash cans to collect rainwater. It hasn't rained in the last couple of days, so the trash cans are empty. There are three trash cans directly under my window, though. All the lights in my house were off except my bedside lamp. I was in my bed just texting some friends when I heard a faint screech directly outside of my window. I stopped what I was doing and immediately turned off my lamp... Then I listened again, trying to figure out if it was a cat or a child that I'd just heard. I didn't hear anything, so I just chalked it up to my imagination. But I was on edge, as I'd never really heard a sound like that before. I kept my lamp off, though, as I don't have any curtains. I only have vertical shutters, and light definitely bleeds through. A few more minutes pass... Then I hear another noise, but this time it sounds like a child's laughter. I froze because I've read stories about how people will try to lure unsuspecting victims by playing tapes of babies crying. But I never thought that it could happen to me, and I know that my immediate neighbors on both sides both have young children, and I wondered if one of them somehow got out of their house or something. My window faces the neighbor to the right of my house, and our houses are relatively close together after all. I know that they have a toddler as well. They also have a giant pit bull who spends some nights outside in their backyard. There's maybe a 10 feet space between our houses and we share a fence as well. So I get out of bed and cautiously walk over to my window. First, I only open my shutter a sliver as I don't want to be seen if there's somebody outside. I can't see anything, but I heard the noise more clearly now. And... It's definitely a child's laughter. It sounds close. So I open my shutter completely, trying to see who's making the noise. By this time it's almost midnight, mind you, but I don't see anyone. But I keep hearing the laughter. I try to look into my neighbor's yard, but I, I don't see anything, and I don't think their dog is out. 
I'm pretty creeped out now, so I go back to my bed and I just try to go to sleep. I must have laid on my bed for about five minutes when I hear a noise outside my window again. And I don't really know how to describe it, but the hairs on my arm and neck are standing up as I'm typing this. First, I heard sort of a thud and then it sounded like someone was directly below my window moving the trash cans. I told myself that it was probably the neighbor's dog moving around, but I knew that it couldn't have been because whenever he's outside, he barks and plus I didn't see him when I looked out my window. A few moments pass and I breathe a sigh of relief and relax a bit. Then I heard a clunk or a knock on my window and I got up again. I was so scared though that I couldn't move and I prayed that I just imagined those noises. But then I heard a louder clunk and I ran out of my room to my mum and told her what had happened. My mum turned on all the lights and came to my room and looked out my window but we didn't see anyone. Then she double checked all the doors were locked and she told me to sleep with her that night. So I moved all of my blankets and pillows to my mum's room and I ended up sleeping there. Then today when I woke up I had already forgotten about the events of last night. I was in my room getting dressed, I was standing in front of my mirror and I saw something was being reflected on my carpet under my windowsill. I went down to investigate and I realized pretty quickly that it was glass. Admittedly, I had a few picture frames by my window and I thought one of them must have been knocked down when my mum and I looked out the window last night. So I look at each picture frame trying to see which one broke. I scan through the frames once and then I feel my heart drop. I scan through them again to make sure that I didn't miss any the first time. But all of my frames are intact and accounted for. So I slowly reach for my shutters and pull them open. More pieces of glass fall at my feet. And immediately I feel sick because my window, it's partially broken. I scream and my mum comes and I show her my window. My mum asks me how this could have happened as my window wasn't broken when we looked out at last night. And there's nothing in my backyard that could have caused that. My room is on the side of my house and on the second floor and there are no trees on that side of my house at all. No trees in my neighbor's side yard either. There are also no dead animals or blood which would have signaled an animal crashing into my window or something. We don't have a security system or any security cameras. Plus my dad can't even stay the night with us at the moment. I uh, don't want to be afraid to sleep in my own room but at this stage I just don't want to be in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This happened about a year ago and there were just so many terrible factors working against me that night that I'm honestly astounded that I got away unscathed, at least physically that is. This all begins when I'm at my friend's apartment who lives in a really rough part of town. 
in a series of poor decisions. That night I decided to get belligerently drunk and take a few pills of who knows what. And yes, I, I know, I know. Safe to say though that after a solid night of partying, around 4am I was definitely not in the right state of mind. My drug-addled brain decides that instead of staying that night at my friend's apartment like I normally would, I wanted to Uber back to my own apartment instead. My friend's apartment had two separate entrances or exits to the building, one in the back unlit parking lot of the building and one facing the street. They had two sets of keys for each door and I only had keys to one in the back of the apartment. Since my Uber would obviously arrive at the street and the door in the front of the building locks itself behind you, I exited this way when the driver was soon to arrive. Looking back, standing outside that apartment, I realized that I must have looked like the easiest target on the planet. I'm a small petite female in my early 20s and I can hardly stay upright. I'm using a street lamp to prop myself up and not doing a good job at that either. The light was basically a beacon for any nearby predators saying come and get me. I'm not paying attention to any of my surroundings at all in this state, despite the fact that there was literally a bullet hole in the front door that I came out of, which is not good. I do remember checking to see what car I was getting picked up in and was only able to pick out the fact that it was a black sedan. Soon after stepping outside, a black sedan pulls up to the curb and starts rolling down the window, so I step forward. Now, before this man even spoke, I could feel that something was just wrong. He had an expression like he was tearing me apart with just his eyes, and after seeing that look, it gave me a new meaning to the word predator to describe a criminal because I then knew what it felt like to be prey. He basically barks at me, I'm your Uber driver. This was the second red flag that somehow made its way through my brain. Normally Uber drivers just roll down their window and they say your name, but I think I just stared at him for a second, my brain slowly piecing together the situation that I was potentially in, and I ask him, what's my name? He immediately is enraged and starts screaming about how he doesn't have time for this and just get in the car, etc, etc. Quite honestly, I don't think that I've ever sobered up so fast in my life before. I'm completely panicking. Obviously, this wasn't my Uber. Quickly checking the license plate, I immediately see that it's not a match. Meanwhile, this guy is still screaming at me and I have absolutely no idea what to do. If I bolt in either direction, this guy could easily outrun me or have a weapon or something. I'm also pretty sure at this point that if he's trying to nab a random girl off the street, he must have a weapon of some sort. I can't run back into the apartment door right behind me since it locks right behind you, and I don't have the keys, nor time to unlock it. Running towards the back door would do nothing as well as he's idling right by the mouth of the driveway towards the back parking lot, and again I would have to take the time to find the right keys and get in. If I screamed, I'm not exactly in the right type of neighborhood where someone would try to be a vigilante, and I can still hear the music radiating from my friend's third floor apartment, and I just knew that they weren't about to hear me. Also, it's four in the morning and absolutely nobody is around. People talk a lot about these sorts of situations where they either sprint into action or they freeze, but I felt incapable of doing either one of those things. It was the absolute worst feeling that I've ever felt in my life though. Everything in me wanted to run but I felt that if I did that it was going to be the end of me. 
but if I kept standing there staring in shock at this screaming man, the result would be the same. From when he started screaming at me up until this point, I'm guessing it was only about 20 seconds that had passed. And just as he's looking like he's getting ready to get out of the car, another black sedan pulls up right behind him. Checking the license plate as quickly as I can, I realize that it's my actual Uber and I make a full sprint to the car, really only like six steps, and throw myself in, screaming at my real Uber driver, what's my name? The poor dude looks terrified, but responds with my name quickly, to which I reply, get me out of here, this man is trying to kidnap me. If I was in this Uber driver's position, I think I would have been too shocked to react as quickly as he did, but my dude, he flew out of there, offered to call the cops for me, which I declined, and now regret too, and then walked me to the front door of my apartment, ensuring that I got inside safely truly an incredible human being. You can rest easy too knowing that he got the fattest tip my college student bank account would allow for, although he deserved much, much more than that. I'm very confident in saying that I think that man, he may have just saved my life that night. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.